<clears throat> okay, we are learning Daf Mendala. We're starting from the Mishnah. Seven, eight lines down here. So the Mishnah says, There are three separate things which are forbidden to the Nazir. What is forbidden for a Nazir to do? Hatoma, he can't become Tameh. He can't become Tameh specifically to a dead body. Hatiklachas, he can't shave his head. He can't cut his hair. And all the products of the grapevine, he cannot consume. Now, the mission will compare and contrast these three things. And there's one aspect where the din of Toma and Tiglachas is more Chomer than Yetzim and Agafen. In other words, there's a specific leniency uh, that it comes to eating the grapes and drinking wine. Why? When it comes to Tame, to Toma, what happens if a person becomes Tame in the middle of the term of Naziris? He forfeits what he's done. Let's say you've almost finished your term and then you become Tame. What happens? You go back to day one. The same thing happens with Tiglachas. The same thing happens with the, the cutting of the hair. What happens when you cut the hair? You have to wait more time. And we learned that you don't have to necessarily go back to day one when the hair is cut. But you're going to have to wait 30 days for the hair to grow back before you're going to be able to shave at the end. So al we can say that by the Tumah and the head shaving, you can lose days. You lose days if you're already done. Whereas when it comes to eating or drinking the wine, you don't lose anything. Even if a guy willingly violates, he does the wrong thing. And he's drinking the wine, he doesn't forfeit anything that he has fulfilled. Continues the mission. There's an aspect where is more chomer than age and head shaving. Why? There's no exceptions to the Isra of the grape products. You can never drink the wine if you're a Nazar, even if it's a mitzvah, let's say Kiddush or something comes up like that. We learned back, even if it's a mitzvah, you never have an exception. However, in contrast, when it comes to Tumah and to Tiglachas, there are exceptions. Where there are exceptions, but Tiglachas mitzvah makes mitzvah. Let's say the shaving is a mitzvah. Where would the shaving become a mitzvah? So what did we learn? Let's say it's a mitzvah. Let's say a mitzvah happens to also fall out when he's supposed to shave his body. It also happens to fall out when he's a Nazir. We say, go for it. He's meant to shave. Aye. A Nazir is not allowed to cut his hair. It's an exception. For the shaving of a mitzvah, the Nazir is allowed to shave. And for an unattended corpse, if there's a body that no one else is attending to, what is the halacha? Even though a Nazir is ordinarily not allowed to become Tameh, but we say that he could. So there are exceptions to the rules of the shaving and the Tama. But we never find any exceptions to drinking wine. And there's one aspect of Chumrah oh, that Tuma has more than head shaving. When it comes to Tuma, what's the halacha? It's it forfeits all of the days which were previously observed. Literally everything. You go back to day one if you become Tame. And what's the halacha? You have to bring special carbonos before you're able to resume. When it comes to head shaving, yes, it's true, you're going to forfeit days. Yes, it's true, you're going to have to wait for the hair to grow back. But that's only, you only have to wait for 30 days. That's the maximum delay. Which could occur for a person who cut his hair, the maximum delay would only be 30 days. And there's no key to bring a carbon before you resume. So the Mishnah has compared and contrasted the three separate serum of Tumah, Teglachas, and Yesim and Agafen. There are Chumras and Kulas that apply to each one. So now what the Gemara is going to do is make a bunch of challenges on how we know all these halachas. Zalk the Gemara. What did we say? That um, we know there's a din is that there's an exception to the Isra of Tumah. Remember, what's the Isra of Tumah? What's the exception to the rule? Mace Mitzvah. So says the Gemara, Tumah lo tatumah Why? Why are we lenient? When it comes to the Isra of Tumah, there should be no exception to the Isra. Kavachomer yayin, let's base it upon a Kavachomer from the law of the wine. Umah yayin chenososa. If even wine drinking, which is lenient in the sense that it doesn't forfeit any of the days. Nonetheless, Lord Tumiklala, there's no exceptions to the Isra of wine. So Tumah shososara, so Tumah, which is more Chomer, in the sense that if you if you become Tumah, you lose days. Certainly it should have no exceptions to the 
Iser. So what the Gemara is saying is, what is a source? What we're looking for is a source, a Makar, that the, that the, the Nazar should in fact become Tameh for, for a Mace Mitzvah. How do we know that? Maybe not. Maybe we should say just as the wine has no exceptions to the rule, so too Toma should have no exceptions to the rule. So too, Tuma should have no exceptions to the rule. So the Gemara answers, It tells differently. The Pasuk says, Even for his father or the mother, he cannot make himself Tameh. So what the Pasuk is writing, the Torah says, the Nasser cannot be Tameh himself for his relatives. Why does it have to add for the father, for the mother, he can't contaminate himself? Those are extra words. So we darsh and we expound as follows. He cannot be metam himself for his father or for his mother, but the implication is, so he couldn't contaminate himself for an unintended corpse. So the fact that the Pasuk almost unnecessarily goes ahead and specifies that it can't be for a father and a mother, the implication is that there is a tumah that he could do, and that tumah which he could do is the mitzvah. Okay, so we have a source that the Nazar can be metam the mitzvah. So now says the Gemara, so now it's worth the other way. Wine should allow, we should allow it to have a leniency that it should be based upon the Kabbalah from Tumah. If even Tumah, which is Chamer in the sense that it forfeits days, a person who comes to me loses the days. It's Chamer. Nonetheless, Tumah, what did we just say? Hotemikala has an exception to the Isser. By Mitzvah, you could become Tame. So then by wine drinking, where the halach is, it is that it doesn't destroy the days. It's more lenient. So we should, uh, we all the more so, it should have an exception to the rule. So the Gemara is looking for a source. How do we know that wine drinking has an exception to the rule? Why don't we say, based upon the Kavach Homer, that it should also have an exception? Says the Gemara, So the Pasuk, it's an extra phrase. It already said it shouldn't have Yetzim and And then it adds that from wine, age wine, you shouldn't drink. So we tell us, that's a Yain Mitzvah Kandr Shosh. The Torah is coming to tell us any type of wine you cannot have. Even if it's a wine of Mitzvah, where you would think to just make a Kavachomer based on what we just said. Still, we say, um, you cannot do that. Okay, now, what else did we say? We had the halacha, that wine, you don't forfeit any of the days. So the Gemara says, V'yayin yisar sakol, wine drinking should be saisar everything. Kavachomer mitomah, should be based upon the Kavachomer of Toma. Matomah, should we call it? So Sarah says, Toma, which is lenient. Tumah, which is lenient. It has a hotrimikolos, an exception to Tumah. Mace mitzvah. Nonetheless, you forfeit all the days that you observe to become Tameh. Yain shaloh hotrimikolos. So wine, which has no exceptions. All the more so. Wine, maybe we look at it as the more chamer one. It should cause you to forfeit your days. Maybe if you drink wine, you should have to go back to day one. When a person becomes Tameh, that he forfeits the days. It says, the first days he should forfeit because the Naziris has been contaminated. So it tells you, Tumah, Sisaris. Tuma causes the causes the forfeiting. But wine drinking does not. So simply implies that it's only Tuma that you forfeits the days, wine does not. Says the Gemara, now we focus on the next thing. We learn that head shaving forfeits, but only for 30 days. Says the Gemara, maybe for Nazar Kali's hair, he should lose all the days. By Tuma is lenient. Why? Let's say somebody puts a dead body on a Nazar. Is there anything, is there, did he do any sin? No, we don't find that it's a sin to make a Nazar Tameh. It's a sin for a Nazar to become Tameh. The Nazar has the Avera. There's no Avera that's placed upon the person who contaminates the Nazar. We don't find such Allah. So by Tumah, there's no added stringency that the metame is like the, it has the same sin as the Nazar for becoming Tameh. Nonetheless, it causes all the days that were observed to be, observed that, to be lost. So then, So then by the head shaving, which has a Chumrah, by the head shaving, we say the Chumrah is someone who shaves a Nazir is liable. Because the Torah the tar says, So 
we expound upon it, then not only should he not cut his hair, but you cannot go cut another's hair. Very interesting halacha. There's a law in the Torah even to go cut the hair. Forget about the Nazir being also to have his hair cut. It's more than that. Even the barber, the barber who cuts the Nazir's head, we learn, expound from the Pasuk is over. So it's extra chumrah by head shaving. So Enodin, all the more certain shetisar sakol, you should lose all the days. What we're saying is, why is it true that head shaving? You only have to wait 30 days for the hair to grow back. Why don't we make a kava chumrah if Tumah destroys everything? Even though there's no chumrah by Tumah, that if someone who makes the Nazir Tama, he himself is over on the Isser. So certainly head shaving where there's an Isser to shave the Nazar, then all the more so than head shaving should have the din to lose all the days. So the Gemara answers on Makra, the Pasuk says, The first days are lost. Kitame Nisro. Again, the, all the days are lost only because of Tumah. Tumah says, Only by Tumah do you lose everything. But head shaving does not cause you to lose everything. Okay, fine. One of the points the Gemara just made. Now we're going to challenge that premise that if someone puts a dead body on another, he's metame him, there's no iser. There's an iser to shave another, there's no iser to be metame another. Says the Gemara, why not? Why don't you learn it? Why don't, you learn it? Why don't we derive one from the other? Why by Toma? Why don't we treat the one who contaminates another just like the Nazar contaminates himself? Make him get lashes. And let's base that on a kavachomer from shaving. If even regard that shaving, which is lenient, it only causes a person to lose 30 days. The Torah still says someone who shaves a Nazar is like the Nazir who is shaved, that there's liability for cutting the hair of a Nazir. So Tumashi says, Sokol, so then by Tuma, which causes all the days to be lost, Tuma is stricter. All the more so, we should say, by Tuma, that it should be, there should be an Isra to be Matame than Nazir. So the Kasha that we're saying is, why are we so certain that there's no Isra to be Matame than Nazir? Maybe there should be. So the Gemara answers, Nizra. The Pasuk says, contaminate the Nazir head. So what does that mean? You contaminate the head? That comes to tell us to the person who contaminates his own the, the Nazir head, but not to somebody else. Meaning, when the Torah is talking about Tumah, it refers to it in a personal sense. What is the Isser? You're metame your head. Rosh Nizro. You have the holy head and you are metame it. So the Torah speaks in the personal sense how the Nazir should not defile his holy head by becoming Tame. So the, since the Torah specifically uses language, which is in the personal sense, that the Nazir is, is himself becoming Tame, so that itself excludes that if someone else would put a dead body on him, that that person would be over. We see clearly from the Pasuk that we don't have such a din. So now the Gemara says, and by the way, how did we know that the shape, that the barber gets the Iser? Maybe we were wrong that the barber gets the Iser for shaving. Now let's go reverse and make a from which is very strict. If you, if you become Tame, the Nazar becomes Tame, he loses all the days. Nonetheless, the Torah does not treat the person who contaminates the Nazar like the Nazar who contaminates himself. So then, so when it comes to the cutting of the hair, which causes only 30 days of loss, all the more so, we should not treat the one who shaves the Nazar like the Nazar who is shaved. So what basically we're saying is now, now that we've established that by, by Toma there's no Isra to be metame, somebody else, it's only personal, so then we should make a Kava Homer and say that head shaving is also like that. Omar Kra to dispel this against this, the Torah says, Tar lo Rosh, the razor can't pass over his head. What's that saying? Kribe lo who? He himself should not pass it, you shouldn't pass a razor over another person. It shouldn't pass means in any way. It doesn't pass. Whether you're doing it, somebody else is doing it, there's an iser for the razor to pass. And then use the Gemara to clean up. If you notice, all this is just bringing sources for each one of the halachas. It's so interesting. All the three have different uh, different sets of laws. Now the Gemara says, perhaps head shaving should not have any exceptions, meaning there's an exception to the world. What do we say? That in Mitzorah, Who's a Nazar is a lot of shave. Maybe we shouldn't be so lenient. Kavachomer, we make a kavachomer from the basis of wine. My yai, 
If even wine, you know, so is there. Wine, which is lenient, it doesn't cause you to lose all the days. Loha to recall, there's no exception to this. Or wine, you're never allowed to drink, even for a mitzvah. So, Tiglach, Asher, so Sarah, when it comes to head shaving, where we do lose the days, you know, to recall, all the more so, it should have no exception to the Isser. So how do we know that the glachas of the mitzvah is allowed? So the Gemara answers, Amar the Torah says, Rosho, when it's talking about a mitzvah, the Torah says, shave all the hair, and then it adds on his head. Right? So, so if Amar Rahmana Zignam, the Torah says, even on his beard. So what's it coming to say? It already said that, that it, it already said all his hair. So the Torah is coming to say, even if he's a Nazir, who has the Isra normally to cut those hairs, but he, despite that, nonetheless, if he is a Mitzvah, he is meant to do it. So the Torah is using those extra words to indicate that the glachas, that is a mitzvah, when it's a mitzvah shaving his head, and it's mutter, even though the guy's an other. Says the Gemara of Teglachas Lotis Terkla. Perhaps when a, when a person shaves his head when he's an other, you shouldn't forfeit anything. Kavachomer Yain. We should make a Kavachomer from wine. Mine, Shalotim Miklalo Enos Oser, wine drinking, which is Chamer. In the sense that it never has any exceptions to this, or nonetheless, a person drinks wine, it doesn't forfeit any days. Teglachas Shalotim Miklalo. So then the head shaving, which does have exceptions to its rule. We just we just spoke out how Teglachas is allowed to be done for a Mitzvah. In Adinshal Tistar, maybe for sure. If a person shaves while he's in Nazir, he shouldn't lose any days. So we're questioning, what is the source that you have to wait 30 days after the hair is caught for when he's in Nazir? Says the Gemara, you don't need a source. It's, it's, it's simply intuitive. This is the one thing that we can figure out ourselves. But Enon Gidel Seir, you need 30-day growth of hair. How are, you going to, how are you going to fulfill the mitzvah? At the end of the, the Nazir's term, he has to fulfill the mitzvah of shaving. It's not the shah that he's losing the days. It's just simply, how's he going to shave otherwise? In other words, once the hair is caught... And then he has to wait 30 days simply because otherwise, then um, he wouldn't be able to fulfill the mitzvah of the glachas. Says the Gemara of Yain Tisar Shloshim Yom, so maybe now we should make a Kavachomer that if you drink wine, you have to wait 30 days. Kavachomer to glachas, Kavachomer from shaving, Matagachos, Miklaus, Osiris, head shaving, which is lenient, are exceptions to the Isser. Nonetheless, we have to forfeit 30 days. Yain Shlohotim Miklaus, wine which has no exceptions, Eno Din Shi or maybe all the more so, which will cause you to forfeit the days. If you drink wine, maybe you have to wait 30 days. The answer is, says the Gemara Vidi, time and good to say, or nar. Again, the whole reason why you have to wait by the hair is only because, what's the reason you have to wait for 30 days? Only because you need more hair. In other words, it's not a din that it forfeits the days. It's just that if without hair, how am I going to shave? So that svara doesn't apply by wine. Gabiyana comes out in the case of a nurse who drink wine, the hair is still on his head. So meaning the car is saying the only reason you have to wave by the hair is because you don't have the hair to shave. Here, if you drink wine, you still have the hair to shave. So let's go over a quick summary. There are three things. We have Tumat, Teklachat, Enyotim, and Agathen. We have different uh, aspects of Chumra and Kula. Yayin, it's one big Chumra that Yayin has, is there's no exceptions to the rule. The other ones have exceptions. You can be Tamil, Mitzvah, you could shave if you're a Mitzvah, but wine has no exceptions. All of that is derived from Sukkim. It's all, it's all, it's all there. Um, in, in terms of Tumah, Tumah has a huge Chumra. You have to go forfeit back to day one. Mamsha uh, all the way after the one. The other ones, you don't have to go back to day one. To day one. Head shaving, you just have to wait 30 days for the hair to go back. Wine, you don't have to wait at all. That's also from Xerah Sarkasov. However, Tumah, and then, and, then, and then head shaving has a big Chumrah that there's an Isser, not only for the, for the Nazar himself, but for the barber who cuts it. That doesn't apply to the other things. Now, all of these Dalachos derived from Sukkim, you could try to bounce Kabbal Chumrah. one way or the other. Off of each other, you try to figure out which din is the most chumr, which one is the most lenient, and after all is said and done, it's apple and oranges. We're never going to we compare them, contrast them. Lamai, so we just rely on the psukim to derive the halachas. Okay, turning to the Amid base. Now we get to the pro, the process now of a nazir who became tamei. So let's just go over the basic process. A nazir becomes tamei, making conquest with, with the dead body. So the halachas you have to wait seven days, a week to become tar, and the third and the seventh day you you, you get hazal from the ashes and the water from the paraduma like any Tamimais. And then the Torah speaks about him 
He has to shave. He has to bring carbonos, and then he goes back to day one. So the Mishnah now goes through the whole process here. Says the Mishnah, What is the process? How does it work? How does he shave for toma? Say So first, the sprinkling on the third and the seventh day. Um, and then that's the purification that any time Emes does, right? With the paraduma. And uh, if you do those things, so normally what happens is if a regular person, not a Nazir, Tame Emes, at the sunset of the seventh day, he becomes completely tar. The Nazir who became Tame needs all those things. There's no question he needs that seventh day procedure. However, the additional thing that he has, he shaves his head on the seventh day, and that comes from the Pasuk. The Pasuk says, on the day of his Tahar, on the seventh day, he should shave. But then he brings Karbanos on day eight. There are two. Uh, birds that are brought, one chatas and one, and, and, and one ola, and then there's an asham as well. So it's very interesting. He cannot bring those karbanos on day seven, even though he has the hazal, he went to the mikvah all on day seven. Um, we say that, that, that he actually has to wait until day eight to bring their karbanos, the Pasuk says, and then to a certain degree, the purification um, the purification is delayed until the karbanos. What's the pshat over here in this, in this idea? The idea is, and this is the lumdus, you have to be completely tar before you bring karbanos. So normally what happens is you only become, on day seven, even if you're a regular tami and you're going to the mikvah and you got the hazal, it's all delayed, the, the full purification is delayed until sunset. So that's the Indian, that what, until he's totally pure, he cannot bring the karbanos. That's why the karbanos have to be what? Brought until day eight. Now what happens in Gilach Vashuni? Let's say for, instead of shaving on the seventh day, he waited till the eighth day. It doesn't delay him bringing the karbanos. Maybe karbanos will be he's still bringing the karbanos on that day. Meaning the idea is he has to be totally pure. But that, that's why you're waiting for day eight. It, you don't have to wait to the day after you shaved. If for whatever reason you didn't shave until day eight, that would be fine. You can shave on day eight and still bring your karbanos on that day. Divrei Rabbi Akiva. That's only Rabbi Akiva's position. I'm a little tired for said, Why is the Mitzvah? Why is it different than the Mitzvah? So the Mitzvah, let's understand, he also has the shaving and karbanos. Mitzvah has the process of seven days of purity, purification. Day seven, he's meant to shave his whole body. And day eight, he brings the karbanos. So let's say for whatever reason, he didn't shave until day eight. What's the halacha? He cannot bring the karbanos on the same day. He has to wait till the next day. That's the halacha. We'll see why that's the halacha. But Al-Kopanim, Rabbi Tarifin is saying this, and then why is there a distinction between a Nazar and a Mitzorah? If a Mitzorah cannot bring Karbanos on the day that he shaves, the Karbanos have to be brought the day after he shaves, so why don't we say the same thing by a Nazar? So I'm a lover, Bikiva answered him, no, the Nazar, the Tahara comes from the days, not from the head shaving. The head shaving is not part of his Tahara. It's not part of the way he's becoming pure. As long as he had that, the sprinkling of the water and the mikvah on the third and seventh days, so then he's good. It's, he's totally pure, even if he hasn't yet shaved. Shaving is part of the mitzvah, so very good. It's not part of the Purification is part of the stam and mitzvah teglachas. So if he delayed the shaving, he did it on day eight, he could still bring the karbanos. Mashenkein mitzora, mitzora is different. Mitzora tarasu tliyabakachalto. Mitzora's purification is dependent on his shaving, meaning his shaving is gufa part of the process of the tarvim. Therefore, he cannot bring the karban until the sun has set after the day that he is shaved. The way that we know this is because if you take a look at the pasuk, the pasuk says, "On the seventh day, the mitzora should, should 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 shave," and then it says he should go to the mikvah. So basically, what we see is until the shaving is done, he can't go to the mikvah. So what's going to happen if he did, missed it on day seven? If he comes to do it on day eight, then he's going to first be able to go to the mikvah on day eight. What happens even if after you go to the mikvah on day eight, there are still vestiges of tumah which remain on the day that you went to the mikvah until sunset? So ultimately, he's not going to be completely pure at the time that he brings karbanos. So now we understand the distinction by nazir. The, the, the shaving is a mitzvah, but it's not part of the purification itself. It's not part of the tahar. So you could go to the mikvah on day seven and become pure, and then be completely pure when day eight starts, and then they'll do the head shaving of karbanos, no problem. By mitzvah, the Torah is indicating that the shaving has to occur before the mikvah. In other words, it's part of the very purification process. It's not stam and mitzvah, it's part of the way it becomes tahar. 
Therefore, he's going to be forced to go to the mikvah only after he shaves. And if that happens on day eight, there are still vestiges of Tumah which remain, and therefore he cannot bring Kabanos when there are still the vestiges of Tumah. So the Gemara says an interesting thing. Reb didn't react, right? Reb Kiva gave him the answer. Reb Tafrin didn't answer. So the Gemara says, Kibla Did Reb accept Reb Kiva's answer or not? Reb Tafrin and Reb Kiva have a very interesting relationship. The Gemara Suba says they were Talmud Chavar, which means in a way Reb Tafrin was his Talmud, but he also could argue on it. So Reb Kiva gave Reb Tafrin an answer. The Gemara is trying to figure out did, was this accepted by Reb Tafrin or not? So the Gemara says, Tashma, we see Tani Hill Hill says in a bride, if the Nazar shaved his head on the eighth day, who means Karbanos on the ninth day. So we see Atana in the bride, who's saying that by Nazar as well, if the, if the, if the shaving was delayed till day eight, then the Karbanos get pushed off till day nine. If Tarfan accepted, if he gave his answer, so then who in the world is the bride? Everyone should be like, the Nazar should still be able to bring Karbanos on the eighth day. We say ultimately everyone agrees to that. Therefore, we have to conclude that Reb Tarfan did not accept what Rabbi Akiva said, and the bride says reflecting the view of Reb Tarfan. Says the Gemara, it's not necessarily true. Amarava Lokashu. Ha, the Mishnah said if you shave in the eighth day, you could bring Karbanos on the same day to Tavav That's all where you immerse on the seventh day. Meaning, you need to be totally pure. It has to be the day after you go into the mikvah. So if you went to the mikvah on the seventh day and you just delayed shaving until the eighth day, that's okay. That's okay to bring the Karbanos that day. But ha, the Bryce that says that the Karbanos have to be delayed until the ninth, the low Tavav That's talking about a case where you do not immerse on day seven, but you wait until day eight. So therefore you're Tomei for the rest of the day. Because remember, even after you go to the mikvah, there are certain vestiges of Tomei that remain until sunset. So therefore you will not be able to bring Karbanos until the ninth day. Bottom line is, the shaving itself is not an issue to do on the, on the same day you bring Karbanos. We're still coming out, everybody concludes by Nazir, fundamentally you could bring Karbanos on the day you shave. The question just is, it cannot be on the day you went to the mikvah. It has to be the day after you went to the mikvah. So if you went to the mikvah on the day seven, which you could, so you became totally pure at sunset after day seven. So then on day eight, he could bring Karbanos even if he shaved on day eight. If he didn't go to the mikvah on day seven, he only waited until day eight. So then the Karbanos are going to end up being pushed until day, um, then they're going to be end up being pushed until day nine. Okay, let's try to start this next slogan. I'm not going to say I'm too hard of a sugi, but it's a difficult Indian here. Let's just try try to go over the basic understanding. There's the Azar of the base of Mikdash. The Azar is called the Machan Ashkina, the holiest uh, camp, the most innermost camp. That's a place where Tommy Maze cannot come. Um, then surrounding that, the Temple Mount is called the Machna Levia. The Machna Levia is less is less Kaddish. For example, the Tummy Maze is allowed to go there. Someone who came in contact with, dead, with, with the dead body is allowed to go onto the Temple Mount. Just cannot come into the Azar. However, we learn about a Zav or Ziva. So that's someone who experienced like a regular emission from their body. And as an extra Chumrah, because the Tummah came out of the body itself. It's like different than like coming in contact with a dead body where it's external. Here it's more internal where the tuna come from. And the concept that we have for Azov is that it's forbidden for him to come even onto the Machna Levia, even onto the, the entire Temple Mount. Now let's just add a little, a little bit of another introduction here as well, just to understand something. What happens is that if an, uh, a Zav who sees two irregular emissions, he has to wait seven days to become pure. Fine, but then he doesn't have to bring any kabbalas. He just has the seven days of purity where he doesn't see anything further and he's fine. He goes to the mikvah and he's fine. But the... The, the Zav who sees three times, not only does he have to wait seven days, he also has to bring Karbanos on day eight. So what happens is, let's just understand the terminology here. 
On day seven, for both day uh, for both of these guys, whether the Zav saw two times or three times, on day seven you go to the mikvah, and then you become what's called a tvulyom. Tvulyom means someone who went to the mikvah, and certain vestiges of tumor still remain until the end of the day. But the Zav who saw three times, even after the day passes, he's still what's called a mechusr kipurim. He's waiting for his karbanos to be brought the next day. So it's different stages. So you have while you're still totally tame, the Zav, no question, obviously doesn't belong on the temple mount. Then I could have a Zav who's a tvulyom, meaning the Zav on the seventh day after he went to the mikvah, where just the certain remains of Tumah remain till the end of the day. It's definitely a little bit more lenient. We'll see whether or not he can go on to the Temple Mount. And then we have the Mechus Kippur, himself who saw three times, who even after he went to the mikvah, he, he, he not only is he waiting for the end of the day, he also is waiting for his karbana. So these are all different stages in the, in the Tumah of Zav. Again, only the Zav who sees three times, that's bringing karbana. The Zav who sees two, two emissions is not bringing a karbana. So here we go. And I saw that the colleagues of Nasr Rahoshi were sitting and they were learning up the brides. The Pasuk says about the Zav, he should come in front of Hashem, to the entrance of the Olmoid, to the Azar and the Son of Malakon, he'd give his Karbanos to the Kohen. So here we're talking about, we're talking about a, Naz, uh, a Zav who's bringing the Karbanos. Again, which Zav brings his Karbanos? A Zav who saw three times. So the Pasuk here is saying that he comes to the Pasuk Olmoid in front of Hashem. When is he mutter to come? So let's just understand exactly where he stands, just to make this crystal clear. The guy comes, he stands in a place called Sha'ar Hanikanar. Sha'ar Hanikanar was the entranceway between, the, the gateway between the Machna Levia and the Azara. So he's coming and he's standing on like the outer most point, I should say actually, the innermost point of the Machna Levia, right by the entrance of the Omoid, right by the entrance into the Azara. And that's where he'll give his Karbanos to the Kohen. So he's not quite walking in to the Azara proper, he's not, but he's coming into the Machna Levia and he's bringing... His garbana. So the pasuk is saying, you know, when he comes, he only then. When can he come to the Machna Levi and come to Hashem? Only after he's immersed himself on day seven and he's already had the sunset pass. So meaning it's already the eighth day when he's bringing his Karbanos. That's the first time that this guy is allowed to come into the Temple Mount. Until that point, before he had immersed himself and the sunset had passed, lo, he was not allowed to come. So the point that we're saying is the Torah says he waits the seven days, he goes to the mikvah, becomes Tar, and on the eighth day, he shows up in front of Hashem with his Karbanos and he stands in that Shara Nekinah. So what we're trying to imply from the Apostle a very interesting inference is that until this point, it's not Stam, it wasn't the earliest time for him to bring his carbon yet. It's more than that. He wouldn't have been able to stand where he is standing right now. Where is the guy standing? He's standing on the Temple Mount, right by the entrance to the, to the Olmoid, right by the thing. But Akopanim, he's on the Temple Mount. The first time he's able to do this is on day eight. Before day eight comes, he was not allowed to, uh, to be there. What's the aside? It must be behold that even after Azav has immersed, and he's just waiting for the vestiges of Tumah to, to pass, he's still treated with the same severity as Azov. Just as Azov cannot come onto the Temple Mount, even after the Zav has gone to the mikvah, and now the purification is almost done, he's just a full Yom, we say no. He also cannot come into the Machna Levi. And what the Gemara is trying to take out, this is very important, that this would be true not only for Azov, who saw three times, even if it was Azov who saw two times, on the seventh day after he went to the mikvah, when he's a full Yom of Azov, he would not be allowed to come onto the Temple Mount. And we're trying to infer that from the halacha here that this, the, 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 the Zav on the eighth day, the Torah says, now you can show up and stand on the Temple Mount. So it's mashma until this, until this point, you couldn't have. The concept we're trying to draw out is that it's full yom from the Tumah of Zav is treated with the same severity as Zav. 
Just as the Zav cannot come into the Nach and the Leviyah, into the Temple Mount, so too the Tulyom of a Zav cannot. However, Abai said, I mean, no, no, I challenge them. Elamiyat, according to you, your way of inferring from the Pasuk, look at this Pasuk. Gabi's Nazar Tami Nami. Why do you say the same thing by Nazar Tami? What does it say by the Nazar Kam Tami? The same thing. He comes the eighth day, right? The Nazar became Tami as the week long process. And then on the eighth day, he brings a Karbanas. It says, he shows up on the eighth day to the entranceway. So you're going to make the same thing? Amos it's only motor for him to come on the Temple Mount. Are you going to try to suggest that it's only mutter? It's not stand that this is the time when he comes, but that the first time when he's allowed to come and stand on the Temple Mount is on day eight. That's certainly not true. Well, how do we know that? How do we know that that's certainly not true? That the first time the Nazar Tami can stand on the Temple Mount is is on the eighth day. The Gemara top of the Amid Aleph Mithli. Let's analyze Shara Nikonai Where is the Shara Nikonai? Where is this place where he's coming to stand? But Shara Levi, it's in the Levi <coughs> camp, meaning it's on the it's on the, the Temple Mount. So what are you trying to say that a Tami Mace can't go there? And he can only go there on day eight. That's totally not true. About Tanya, Tommy Mace, Tommy Mace is much more lenient. Remember, the Tumma doesn't come out of his body. Tommy Mace, he touches something as Tommy. So Tommy Mace is only restricted from going inside of the Azar, inside of the Machna Shina, but the Machna Levia, the Temple Mount, he could always go. Tommy Mace, more than he comes to Machna Levia, but Tommy is not only someone who is Tommy from a corpse, so that's even more detached. I'll Mace Asma. Even the corpse himself can be brought onto the Temple Mount. Shinamar, how do we know that? But Yigach Moshe's Asma is Yosef Imo. The Pasuk says that Moshe carried out the bones of Yosef with him. My Imo, what does it mean with him? Imo it's also with him and where he lived, camp, meaning to say that there's no Isser in having the body itself, a dead corpse, in on the Temple Mount. On the Machna So if even the dead body is mutter, obviously someone who came in contact with the dead body is mutter to be there. So what do you mean? I, the Pasuk says that the, the Nazir became Tomei, only on day eight does he show up here. So what do you mean? Does that mean until then he wasn't able to show up? No, of course he was allowed to be there. By the Tomei Mace, we have no question that he's allowed to be on the Temple Mount. Again, our whole Shachvatar is all Azov who's not allowed to be on the Temple Mount. What would be after he immersed on the seventh day? But there's no question that a Tomei Mace, where the Tomei doesn't come out of his body, he's allowed to be there the whole time. But if you're saying the Pasuk is Mashma, he shows up now means he was not allowed to be there before. What are you going to say? So the Gemara says, you're right. We reject the inference in the Pasuk. The Pasuk didn't mean he couldn't be there before. The Pasuk was just saying now is the time to come. But in he could have been there from before. So now let's go back to Zav. What is the halacha in fact by Zav? If Zav saw it two times, and now on the seventh day he went to the mikvah. Could he show up? Says the Gemara, Azvulim of Azav is not like Azav. We are lenient. Azav who saw it two times. And then on the seventh day he went to the mikvah. He'd be allowed to show up on the Machna Leviya. Only Azav, but pre that is not. However, says the Gemara, a very important point. That's true. Azov who saw two times, and he's just a Tful Yom. But nonetheless, if Azov saw three times, and he's a Tful Yom, since he's still waiting for his Karbonus, it's a little bit more Chamer, and he cannot come in. So we're saying, after all is said and done, as follows. The Zav who saw two times and went to the mikvah on the seventh day, and he's just waiting for the for the vestiges of Tumah to go away. He could come on the Temple Mount. A Zav who saw three times, where even when sunset comes, he's still going to be missing bringing his carbonos on the eighth day. He can't come until the eighth day. Very interesting chiluk that we're saying. So the Gemara now explains how to, how do we know this? Because what are we coming out? The pasuk says on the eighth day she come in front of Hashem. So we're trying to take out that it's full yom of someone who saw three times cannot come, even though it's full yom of someone who saw two could. So it says the Ma'ayi Machal Kai. This Machos Kippurim is standing in the Machal Leviyah. He's standing in the Shar Nikkar to bring the Karbanos. Am I Karli Ol Moed? Why is the Torah calling it the place the Ol Moed? Meaning. 
he's not really standing in the Olmoid. He's coming in the place that faces the Olmoid directly in front of the entrance to the Olmoid. But the Pasuk is like describing it as if he's standing in the Olmoid when he's bringing his Kabbalah on his west shot. Lamemer comes to tell us, just as in the Azar itself, we all understand that the Mechosh Kippurim, someone before he brought his Kabbalah cannot stand. The Torah is telling you the same thing is from Machan Olavia. The Torah is saying the spot where he's standing, the Shara Nikonar, is like the Olmoid. Just as the Olmoid is a place where Mechosh Kippurim can't stand, so to here, and Mechotzer Kippur is not allowed to stand on the on, on the Machan of the Avalsim Inalan. How do we talk and know that a Mechotzer Kippur, someone who's missing his kavanas, cannot come into the Azar itself? The Tanya says in the Brisa, "Tell me, yeah." When he's talking about someone who comes into the base of Mikdash's Azar, when he's talking, he says, "He should be Tommy the Rabbis full yom." That tells us that full yom cannot come into the Azar. O Tumas Abo is Tumas still on him. The Rabbis Mechotzer Kapara that comes to tell us that even a Mechotzer Kapara is still ushered to come into the Azar. So let's make a big sequence of what we have here. The Azar is Machan Shchina. The Temple Mount is the Machan Leviyah. What is the status of this vis-a-vis the Tumah that they have? So a Tommy Mace and even a dead body is not allowed to go into the Azar into the holiest of holies, but it, it, it is it is totally mutter for it to be on the Machan Leviyah. It's no problem for being on the Temple Mount. No issue with that whatsoever. By Azov, it's more Hamar. Both Azov we saw two times, three times, they are restricted from coming into the Machanothi on the entire Temple Mount. That's the basic halach. What we explore today is what happens after they become Tful Yom. A Tful Yom, if you saw two times, and then on the seventh day went to the mikvah, or if you saw three times and went to the mikvah, what is the halacha? The Gemara's ultimate conclusion is that Azov we saw two times, and it's just the status of a Tful Yom, no karbonas. After Azov saw two times, just mikvah and then sunset, so he could come onto the Temple Mount after he went to the mikvah. Tol Yom of Azov is not treated with the same severity as Azov. But when, he, in addition, he saw three times, and then even after the seventh day will pass, he has to bring a carbon on the eighth day, there the halacha is more chamer. There the halacha is, he cannot come on to the whole Temple Mount until the eighth morning.